Hello and welcome to the Cosmic Eye Show. This is the Sunday Tarot Talk. I'm your host, Jason. And today we are talking about Key 11, the card Justice. And I'm going to start with a little reading from the Book of Tokens by Paul Foster Case, uh, that great teacher of Tarot, whom uh, I have learned so much. And may his presence guide us in our studies today. Uh, thank you for joining us. I appreciate you guys being here. Okay, this is the meditation on Lamed. Lamed is the Hebrew letter that is associated with uh, the justice card, key 11. I am the goad of action, which impelleth and directeth the great ox of the breath of life. I am the power of equilibration, which holdeth ruach in balance between formation and destruction as a driver with his goad, keepeth his ox from straying off the highway. Yet is this directive power inherent in Ruach itself, for I myself am the great breath of life. And because that great breath existeth before all else, I am the leader, the chief, and the judge of all creatures. The wise find me thus concealed in Lamed. So a lot of symbolic information there to chew on. Highly recommend this book of tokens uh, as a supplementary a book in studying tarot, of course, Paul Foster Case's uh, book, The Tarot, A Key to the Wisdom of the Ages, is a must-have as well. Uh, welcome again. Thank you guys for showing up. We appreciate you being here. Cosmic Eye family of supporters, thank you guys so much for donating uh, and supporting us in your, generous, in your generosity. We appreciate you guys. Uh, you can follow us on social media at Cosmic Eye Tarot. And our website is www.cosmiceye.org. On the social media, I've got uh, free readings that I do each uh, Monday. So there's a uh, three-card spread reading that I do uh, for the different astrological signs. And each Friday, we also do a, a three-card spirit reading. So as I said, thank you to Paul Foster Case and his work. Um, I draw very heavily from his work and I'm appreciative of his, his teachings and I wanna share those uh, teachings with you in this week, uh, in this work that we do each week. Of course, I encourage you to <clears throat> pull up uh, an image of the card if you can on your phone, if you're listening or on your computer uh, or grab a book and, and look at the, um, the image uh, there. I'm using the BOTA book uh, or the BOTA version of the Justice card, uh, which is a good one. It's very close to the uh, the, the Rider Waite deck uh, with a few little changes to it in color and so on, but basically the same. So that one will work as well. Uh, so try to work with this card for at least five minutes, as I say, uh, each, each day. I uh, recommend that in all these lessons because it is important to, to let these images work on your unconscious. They are symbols of power that awaken uh, these different energies within us in the unconscious. And so working with the cards, meditating on the cards, concentrating on the cards is an important way that you can uh, build the powers of these cards, the powers that these cards represent within your own psyche, within your own psyche. So this justice card, as I said, is key number 11. Uh, it's the middle between... Uh, uh, between the, the cards in the, in the series of 22, the middle card. 
Uh, of course, we're going through all 22 of these cards. And as I said, we're on key 11. So we've gone from zero to 11 and we're going up to 21, which is the world. Uh, so if you haven't listened to the other ones, uh, the other major arcana uh, readings that are in, uh, lessons that I've done, you can go back and check those out. Um, those are all available. So I'm going to describe this card for you real quick, and then we'll jump into this thing. So the Justice card is framed in a, in a green color. There's a purple background, some purple uh, velvety looking curtains, and then directly above the Justice, uh, the figure of Justice herself, who's sitting on a, a throne that's gray. It has uh, two circular images on top. Those represent pomegranates, but they're, uh, they look like they're stone. So it's a gray stone throne that she sits on. She has a, a green cape and there's a red robe and then underneath it a blue, which can be seen on her arm. She holds a scale in her left hand and a sword is held high in her right hand. There's a bit of yellow in the background right above her crown. So she wears a crown that has a, a little triple flame image and then there's a, a sort of a green a coloring to the top of the crown and in the green there's a square and then a red circle. Uh, she is blonde and somewhat androgynous looking uh, and then there is a towel cross underneath her or in her in the neckline of her garment and the floor is gray stone and then there's one white slipper sticking out from underneath the uh, the red robe that she wears. Uh, this is associated with the letter Lamed. So you can see the, the letter Lamed, Hebrew letter Lamed, and the number 11 at the bottom of the card. All right. All right, all right. So let us get into this justice card, a very important card. Now there's an occult saying that equilibrium, equilibrium is the basis of the great work. And this idea runs throughout all the meanings of this justice key, uh, number 11, key 11. Uh, the great work, of course, refers to the path of alchemy <clears throat> and the, the spiritual work. So in Latin, great work is the magnum opus, magnum opus. So the English version of magnum opus is great work. And this refers to the path of spiritual evolution, growth, and of course, our ultimate illumination or oneness uh, with the I am. So there are important lessons in this card, really important lessons in this card that are going to help us uh, to achieve illumination. As we said, one of those uh, great lessons, probably the most important lesson that this card teaches us is the value of balance and equilibrium in our life. Uh, now, one clue um, is, is to this idea of how do we achieve illumination? How do we find this balance? How do we find equilibrium? One clue is in the number of the card itself. So the 11, in the 11, the digits equal each other. So 1, 1, 11 is a symbol of balance, equilibrium, and poise, right? So the idea of balance or equilibrium is also connected to the idea of duality, which seems kind of strange because we think about unity and we think about unity consciousness. But in our material existence, of course, we have to think in terms of duality um, to get us to move us past and into uh, into that unified thinking. We first have to recognize the duality in our thinking. We have to recognize the duality in our material world. Um, so according to the great magician, Elephas Levy, 
Uh, he talks about balance as the result of equalizing opposing activities or forces, opposing activities or forces and balance. And I have a great quote from Eliphas Levy, and this is from Transcendental Magic, uh, which is another fantastic book, which I highly recommend. Uh, equilibrium is the result of two forces, but if they were absolutely and permanently equal, equilibrium would be immobility and consequently the negation of life. Movement is the result of alternated preponderance, uh, warmth after cold, mildness after severity, affection after anger. This is the secret of perpetual motion and the prolongation, prolongation of power. To operate always on the same side and in the same manner is to overload one side of the balance and the complete destruction of equilibrium will soon result. So balance, equilibrium, uh, it's stated in the hermetic axiom, as above, so below, as within, so without, it's balance, this idea of balance. We've got to create this balance in our lives. Uh, another uh, great um, mysterious book, The Kabbalion of which Paul Foster Case was probably one of the authors, but it's based on hermetic teachings and the hermetic laws. It's a mysterious book, a hermetic book of laws, of seven laws. And that book says, um, to destroy an undesirable rate of vibration, put in operation the principle of polarity and concentrate upon the opposite pole to that which you desire to suppress. Okay, so here's another idea for the principle of polarity coming from the Kabbalion. It says, everything is dual, everything has poles, everything has its pairs of opposites, like and unlike are the same, opposite are identical in nature, but different in degree. Extremes meet, all truths are but half-truths, all paradoxes may be reconciled. So there's the idea of the unity uh, beyond uh, the paradox of the opposites. And we can think about temperature, um, you know, the idea of hot and cold, there's a sort of relativity to that, you know, hot and cold in relation to what? There's a sort of uh, pole or a pair of opposites that we experience. So we experience heat and then we experience cold and then we measure that on this scale of temperature and we label one side as hot and one side as cold, but again, you know, those polarities are also enwrapped in a unity behind that. There is no such thing as an, an absolute cold or an absolute heat. Uh, there's only degrees of scale in terms of our uh, physical experience of it. However, there's absolute, um, there's an absolute behind it, a, a universal balance behind that. So justice is connected to the Hebrew letter lamet, as we said, which means ox goad. So an ox goad uh, is like a riding crop. It's used to control, you know, a riding crop is used to control a horse. Well, that crop could be used to make a horse go faster or control some kind of unwanted behavior. In the same way, an ox goad uh, was used and it impels an ox to move forward, keeps him on the road, and keeps him on the track or the direction that's chosen by the driver. So there's a, some hints to that about the idea of lamed and the ox goad and maintaining balance maintaining balance, we need to see where we're headed in order to maintain that balance. We need to have that balance as a goal, that equilibrium as a goal. So in uh, the Hebrew alphabet, the letter Aleph uh, is connected to the ox. So we think about the ox, the ox goat. In tarot, Aleph um, 
is associated with the fool. It's connected to the fool card. So it symbolizes super consciousness. So this idea then of the ox code uh, contains within it this uh, seed of this idea of working with the super conscious life power. And it's not control per se, not control, but seeming control, seeming control. Uh, because you can never control life power, control super consciousness. We live and move and have our being in this super consciousness, but we don't uh, control it. Uh, there's some interesting ideas associated with that. I want you to meditate on that and think about that uh, this week, that we cannot control the life power, uh, but it works through us and we work with it. But that does not mean that we can't seemingly control the life power. We can't seemingly use our creative imaginations to create when we visualize and so forth. But the fact is we're never disconnected from this life power in order to control it. So there's a paradox in that. Uh, let me quote Paul Foster Case. What really occurs, he's speaking about the life power. What really occurs is that the life power directs itself by means of the functions of the personal consciousness represented by the letter Lamed and by key 11. These functions appear to originate within us. These functions appear to originate within us. Persons who are ignorant of the true situation suppose these activities to be particular to themselves, but they're mistaken. For all practical purposes, however, they who know the truth of the matter act just as if, as if they were directing the life power. They know better, but they act as if just as a man who knows the sun does not revolve round the earth may find it convenient to reckon the hours by the sun's apparent position in the sky. So it's a convenient way to look at life is to act as if we are controlling this life power. So for all intents and purposes though, you know, you can work with this superconscious life power through your creative imagination, through your direction of magical intent through your affirmations and so on and you can see these things unfold in your life so that's really not what he's saying that we don't have any control over our, over our lives but what he's what he's also getting at is there's a subtlety and in, in that we do not control the life power because we are of that life power and we are working within the you know this connection and this this unified i am consciousness so it's not two separate things it's something uh, that requires a lot of, of meditation. The shape of the letter Lamed is uh, kind of a snake. It looks like a snake. So it represents that Kundalini energy. And if you wanna go back, we discussed that uh, in the strength card when we were talking about the letter Tate. Uh, Tate is a coiled serpent and Lamed is the same snake, but active and uncoiled. So they're connected uh, to this Kundalini energy, to this serpent energy. So there's a there's also a hint there in terms of creating equilibrium, creating balance in one's life that we have to use the creative imagination to control the serpent power, to control the kundalini energy within us, the life power that's coiled at the base of the spine and help that to rise up so that we have the energy and the imagination and the power and the, and the creativity to accomplish the things that we want to accomplish, including a spiritual illumination. So uh, the woman in the justice card holds scales. She holds scales as I talked about. Uh, and this reminds us that Libra, 
Libra, the scales is connected to this card. And so also uh, the letter Lamed, Libra is connected to Lamed in the, uh, in the Kabbalah. Uh, balance and equilibrium are symbolized by these scales. So keep that balance in your life. Try to uh, maintain a balance uh, between the spiritual and the material. You know, there is no disconnection. Again, they're just, they seem like they're polar opposites, but just keep, keep on the balance. If you can think about your life like a, keeping balance and equilibrium, like it's a sort of a teeter-totter. Think about a teeter-totter that you might have played on when you were a kid and you know, you're going up and down and one person is pushing down, the other one's riding up and you know, it's this continual back and forth. Uh, that's one way of looking at it, but to keep yourself really in, in, in the equilibrium or balance of it would be to be in the middle of that teeter-totter, just balanced in the middle of it and just kind of like um, sort of steadfastly um, moving in a very gentle motion right in the middle of that, that teeter-totter. So not swayed by the extremes of up and down, but balanced in the middle in that equilibrium point, if that makes sense. So kind of imagine that. So keep that balance between work and play, balance between love and the need to correct. For example, um, you know, if you're working with uh, your pets or, or you're, you know, working with, um, you know, people that you're managing or, you know, you're trying to uh, teach your children or whatever, there's a, there's a balance that you have to have between love and correction or maybe a little bit of severity that sometimes has to occur in order to, uh, to, to make sure that justice is, is meted out properly in life. You know, it's always done with love, but sometimes some correction is needed. Uh, and, you know, so this unbalanced, this idea of unbalanced love is, is, is something that's very dangerous. Um, if you don't have the correction and the sort of sternness at times, you know, you're not creating that proper balance in life. So you gotta have both, you gotta have both. But of course it's, it comes from a place of love. It comes from a place of peace. It comes from a place of, of harmony. Uh, but that's that balance. That's where you find that balance point. There's a balance between activity and rest, of course. This balance. So let's keep this this balance and equilibrium in mind this week as we're going through our our days. Astrologers say uh, that Libra, speaking of balance and scales, Libra rules the kidneys. So the function of the kidneys is is to maintain proper chemical equilibrium in the blood. There's that equilibrium and balance the kidneys. I work with the blood sugar and so on. Their organs whose function is balancing and eliminating. They get rid of toxins. They clear the blood of impurities, and they maintain that healthy uh, balance of elements in the body that we need. Balance, balance. Libra is ruled by Venus. And in tarot, as we talked about before, uh, Venus is connected to the empress and creative imagination. So all magical and occult work depends on this creative imagination. And we know if we've read, any of us have read books on yoga or magic or alchemy, that these books are full of exercises uh, that use visualization or mental imagery. Of course, new thought, the idea of the law of attraction, mind science, they all rely on this idea of creative imagination, the word, visualization, and that same principle of creative imagination. So even psychology, analytic psychology, uh, Jungian psychology, uh, uses mental imagery to heal neuroses. Of course, we have the practice of um, of active imagination and Jung's, Jung's system. 
and uh, this helps us to work with our complexes, work with our archetypal energies and so on, which is the same thing we're doing in tarot, uh, using these symbols and working with these cards and using our imaginations. And, you know, a good exercise, speaking of creative imagination, is to take your card, uh, meditate on that card and the particular uh, character, symbolic representation uh, that's in that card, whether it's the magician or the priestess or the empress or the emperor or any of them, um, or any of the, the different symbols, you know, the Sphinx that's in the, uh, the Wheel of Fortune or any, you know, any of these characters that are in these cards, to actually meditate on them and, and, and do active imagination and speak to these cards and see what the cards have to tell you. So it's one thing to just look at the cards and it's another thing to actively work with your imagination to actually uh, create a dialogue in the unconscious between ego, between yourself, quote unquote, you know, with a small s, and uh, these images on these cards, uh, which are also parts of you. So all of these things in these tarot cards represent different powers and different parts of yourself, archetypal energies within you. And that's the beauty of the tarot. I think sometimes people think the tarot is something that's outside of themselves or something that's just used for fortune telling and so on. Uh, and that is, of course, one tool that we can use it for. But, it, you know, we can also use it for this active imagination process. We can meditate on the cards and we can um, we can use them as as a, sort of a symbolic guide or like a, 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 a mnemonic device, a memory device so that we can remember these um, different magical um, um, how can I say this, these different magical ideas and, and laws and principles and so on that we're talking about. So a creative imagination is the foundation, as I said, of our tarot practice and our tarot study, as it is for any sort of magical work, uh, work in Wicca or any of the earth religions involves a lot of, um, a lot of a creative imagination as does you know any type of ceremonial magic shamanism uh, etc imagination imagination builds faith true imagination is what we're talking about though true imagination uh, so there's a difference between a uh, true imagination which has this power and this uh this this firmness and this sort of faith-filled expectation behind it uh versus a fantasy or a daydream so that's really what we're talking about when we talk about creative imagination is the, the powerful, creative, creative, in other words, materializing power that we have within us by using our, our, visual, our power of visualization and imagination. And, you know, strange as it seems, true imagination is built on a foundation of science, a foundation of science. And in fact, most scientific discoveries have imagination at their base. In other words, we had to have the imagination to, to, to sort of wonder and to imagine and to play with images in order to discover the scientific laws that we've discovered. Okay, so let's look at these two different uses of imagination. We talked about that first one, the fantasy or daydream. So in the Arabian Nights, if you're familiar with that book, it's a famous um, uh, mythological book. Uh, there are tales of flying uh, in that book on a magic carpet. And, and this is a use of imagination, right? It's a fanciful picture of flying. Um, it's imaginative and it's a sort of, you know, wishful, wishful daydream flying. 
but there's no conception of actually creating something which would enable man to fly. So if we con contrast this with the creative imagination, someone like Da Vinci who was creating pictures of flying machines, even though he uh, never actually made them work, so far as we know, uh, he did contribute to, you know, to flight as we know it. Uh, in in that, you know, people used a lot of his drawings and and were able to um, adapt as time went on some of his ideas or even come up with their own ideas sparked by his ideas and so on uh, for these early designs for flying machines. And so that's a different use of creative imagination. Of course, the Wright brothers actually succeeded in building a machine that flew um, by using their creative imagination, building on what others knew and, and also adapting and using their own creative minds to, uh, to make that a reality. So that's a, that's a use of creative imagination that involves faith and also scientific understanding. Uh, as I said, in contrast, that the Arabian Nights storyteller um, did not, it, you know, there was a flight of fancy. It was an, a daydream or a, a dream or a, or a, a sort of, um, you know, a story told as, you know, in mythological terms and has value, but there was no real connection to actually trying to fly. So that's the difference. Da Vinci and the Wright brothers and others who made flight possible all use their creative imaginations with faith and, and then also um, coupled that with scientific observation, measurement, testing, uh, making hypotheses, hypotheses and, and really testing those and putting their you know, lives on the line to eventually uh, make that, that dream come true. So uh, the author of Arabian Nights, of course, was content with that fantasy of flight, while those who actually helped to make that, that make human flight possible were not content. They weren't content with the fantasy, but they wanted to work to make flight, human flight, a uh, reality. Quite a different thing, quite a different thing. So a faith is a prime prerequisite for the accomplishment of the great work or that spiritual illumination that we talked about. Uh, so without faith, you can't accomplish anything. So in esoteric and occult schools and mystery schools, uh, part of the training work was to make the student familiar with the lives and the achievements of adepts and divine avatars and holy men. Uh, and they looked at the stories of Jesus and Hermes and Buddha and Moses and Krishna and so forth, depending on the different schools. Uh, so I highly recommend familiarize yourself with these, with these teachers, with you know, with Plato and with uh, Pythagoras and with you know, all of these great ancient teachers. Um, who have something to teach on this subject of balance and of equilibrium in particular. Uh, read books, watch videos, try to understand their lives and their teachings, and you'll see how they uh, brought this power of balance and equilibrium into their teachings, how they taught, but also how they exemplified the principles of equilibrium and balance in their own lives. Uh, and that can help us to, uh, to bring that power of equilibrium and balance into our own life. And of course, as I said, you know, study this card and work with it each day, this justice card, and it will help you to activate those powers within yourself, those powers of balance and equilibrium within yourself. 
Um, so speaking of some of these great teachers, so Moses in, through Leviticus says, you shall have just balances. Uh, Jesus said, as you sow, so shall you, so shall you reap. As you sow, so shall you reap. Hermes Trismegistus, um, the Hermetic uh, teachings said, as above, so below, as within, so without, balance, equilibrium. Uh, Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita said, remaining steadfast in yoga, Arjuna perform actions, abandoning attachment, and remaining the same to success and failure, this evenness of mind is called yoga. This evenness of mind is called yoga. That represents equilibrium or balance. So keep that balance at equilibrium. Work with this justice card, like I said, for at least five minutes each day, and it will help you find that balance and that equilibrium in your lives. I know sometimes it's hard. They have different things pulling at us. We want to maintain that balance between work and our family life, between you know, relationship and our, um, our material needs and, you know, between um, movement and rest and, you know, all of these different great things that we need this equilibrium. And so think about that point, try to stay in that point between the extremes, between the opposites. Think about the middle path of Buddha. Buddha talked about the middle path uh, between extremes. Have faith in yourself. Have faith in universal mind and higher self in that I am presence within you. And that will help you keep that balance and that equilibrium. And again, study this justice card. So thank you so much for being here. I'll make this one a little bit briefer today. I do want to end this uh, session today uh, by saying uh, a couple of things. One, uh, do follow me uh, on at Cosmic Eye Tarot. You know, we're doing a lot of great things on there and we need uh, your help and your support. Uh, to, you know, to share this information, uh, the wisdom of Kabbalah, the wisdom of tarot, the wisdom of yoga and meditation, and so on, all these different things that we talk about, uh, mind science and new thought and so on, uh, to help make the world a better place. Of course, equilibrium and balance also includes our balance in our life um, uh, with the earth itself. You know, keep this in mind. Let's try to live in balance with Mother Earth. Let's, you know, try to curb our our polluting and our, our wasteful consumerism and some of these different things. Let's try to recycle. Let's try to use biodegradable products whenever we can. Let's reduce, recycle, and reuse whenever possible and so forth. So that's part of this balance and equilibrium as well. Uh, check us out also at uh, cosmiceye.org. And if you wish to make a donation, we're anchor.fm slash cosmiceye. And I'm going to finish this up. Uh, again, by saying thank you to everyone, to the Cosmic Eye family of supporters. We appreciate you guys and all you guys listen and so on. Uh, please share. Uh, if you get something out of this show, please share with your friends uh, on, uh, on social media. If you can, share uh, our anchor.fm slash Cosmic Eye um, profile or share uh, one of the shows. Those are easy to share once you find them online. Okay, so this is the pattern on the trestle board. This is from Paul Foster Case, and it is a Kabbalistic affirmation uh, that I use in my own life, and I would highly recommend that you do as well. Uh, so it goes as follows. Zero, all the power that ever was or will be is here now. Number one, I'm a center of expression for the primal will to good, which eternally creates and sustains the universe. Number two, through me, its unfailing wisdom takes form in thought and word. 
Number three, filled with understanding of its perfect law and guided moment by moment along the path of liberation. Number four, from the exhausted, excuse me, exhaustless riches of its limitless substance, I draw all things needful, both spiritual and material. Number five, I recognize the manifestation of the undeviating justice in all the circumstances of my life. Number six, in all things great and small, I see the beauty of the divine expression. Number seven, living from that will, supported by its unfailing wisdom and understanding, mine is the victorious life. Number eight, I look forward with confidence to the perfect realization of the eternal splendor of the limitless light. Number nine, in thought and word and deed, I rest my life from day to day upon the sure foundation of eternal being. Number 10, the kingdom of spirit is embodied in my flesh. In other words, I am a spiritual being having a human experience. Thank you, Paul Foster Case, for your beautiful work. Thank you all for being here. We'll be back next week with card number 12, with key number 12, uh, which is the hanged man. Have a great week. Blessings and light.